Yeah, that one. Burnout, so failure to fulfill various obligations we have been given by God in this life and is attended by a variety of negative emotions and consequences in multiple areas of our lives. So uh, let me kick it to you for a minute. Just initial thoughts about this as a definition of burnout. Do you like it? Do you not? Is it too wordy, not wordy enough? Uh, Yeah, so how would we define obligations given to us by God? Good question. What are our obligations? Or how would you know what those obligations are, even if you were not going to? Leading by example, that's an obligation you're saying? That's an example of an obligation? Yep, for sure. We lead by example. David, what were you saying about, I think you were saying how we know what our obligations are? Yeah, so we read God's word, right? That like in short, that's what does God tell us in his word about as humans, as Christians, as, um, you know, in my case, as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, how do I know what my obligations are? Well, I, I know what they are in, in scripture. So to, and, and uh, I'll, I think I make this point somewhere in, uh, in my notes, but I'll say it now, by failure to fulfill, I'm not talking about, like, that's not, I don't equate that with imperfectly fulfilling, right? So fulfilling your obligations imperfectly, right, is not the same thing in this context of a definition as failing to fulfill them, right? So burn, or, or I, it's just the very next point, right? So burnout doesn't mean, well, on the one hand, it doesn't mean dying. Burning out isn't dying. We all have to die. Nor does it mean to be an imperfect Christian, right? Husband, father, pastor, or whatever other role or responsibility you might have in your life. Um, It's not about being imperfect in fulfilling the various responsibilities that you've been given by God. But it does mean to fail to fulfill these uh, because of an overloaded or poorly planned schedule or because of a lack of self-control or because of a surplus of self-sufficiency. Right, so there's a couple of different reasons that might lead us to a, a, a significant failure in uh, one of these areas of our lives. Any other thoughts about this as a definition? Is it, at least as a starting point, helpful? And we can work it out, but I don't want to move on if you have major objections to this. Is, yeah, Tyler. Well, and, and so uh, the, the re- I didn't really, you know, so I agree that, right, because that's what I, what I just said there, um, right, a failure to fulfill because of things like an overloaded or poorly planned schedule, things like a lack of self-control, things like a surplus of self-sufficiency, right? Those are just three things that I named, and so... 
Yeah, so, like, I don't think the act of having your girls in a variety of extracurricular activities is a failure. I think what would be the failure is if I'm doing that and it leads to me not actually helping them to form as individuals and human beings, or if I'm now, I have no time to spend with my wife, or I'm, you know, falling asleep at work, drinking excessively to cope or something like that, yeah? But the word obligations to you is, you think, is referencing earthly things? Yeah, and so, yeah, definitely I want to hold together um, all of the, all of the responsibilities and opportunities and call, you know, the calling of God upon my life, trying to be, you know, being succinct and brief is not always my, my strong suit, but I really tried here, and so, um, but I I don't, I don't imagine this to be a, a finished definition, which is why I'm kicking it to you, because I don't, if the word obligation to people generally is unhelpful, I want to use a different word or reframe it. In my mind, obligation was covered, it covered, you know, earthly things, spiritual things. Every, any obligation, any duty that I, God has given to me, what am I supposed to do? What does faithfulness look like? That's what I mean by obligation. Jess? Yep. Yep. Yeah, so maybe, so that's good. So bringing those things together. So burnout is a failure to fulfill something like, right, the, could I just say God-given obligations rather than various obligations given by God? Just God-given obligations? Yep. Derek. So I agree absolutely that it, it, derives from, or that it, it results from a misplaced, are you saying that burnout is a misplaced perspective, or burnout results from a misplaced perspective? Okay. Yes. Um, and so, and that, so that kind of, in my mind, goes with what Tyler was, was asking about, that in this, the definition that I tried to give here is more of a describing what it is, what it looks like, with an assumption that perhaps needs to be stated explicitly about what um, produces it, right? So the idea of lack of self-control, surplus of self-sufficiency, poorly planned schedule, or a man-centered perspective or something like that, right? There's a variety of things that lead to it, and so maybe that should be in there somewhere, or... um, uh, or just a, a next a next part, but yeah, Trish. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, totally, and, and abs- I definitely would say that. I guess the way I might think about it or say it is that you can be burning out. Burning out is different than burned out, right? So. I guess when I think about burnout as a just a whole thing, it's the it's it's all of that, right? It's the the leading up to it, it's the exhaustion, the the anxiety, the the joylessness, the 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 um the misery while you're still accomplishing things. Though that's where and I'll have something for you guys at the end of class. Uh some homework. 
Um, just, you know, so you can get ready for that, I'll tell you now. Um, what are we burning out, and then what does it look like to, to burn out? And so to me, the, the, this person burned out is something along these lines, right? That there, there were various obligations in his life, in her life, that he, he failed to, to fulfill in any meaningful sense uh, because of a lot of the things that we're, we're mentioning. So, um, yes? So that's a great, so the next thing I was going to say is, like, so there's a very important thing that we have to note here, and that's going to go a long way to help us not burn out. So how do we avoid burning out? I think the first thing is to ask this question, what are the actual obligations for which God will hold me accountable? What are the things that God is going to ask of me on the final day? Right? How much easier would it be for you to avoid burnout if you're rightly able to identify the areas of your life that are non-negotiable and the areas of your life that, though perhaps important, are negotiable. I think the truth is that um, most of us, the answer looks something like this. Right? At the end of the day, how well, so what are the non-negotiables? How well did you prioritize your life with God, with your spouse, with your children, and with your church? Right? Beyond that, most of us, we're not going to have too many things for which we're going to be responsible. At least not in the degrees that we, that we think. Right? Okay, so... Um, so there's a rough definition of burnout. Uh, I'm guessing perhaps as we go each week, I'll, we might have it slightly updated. So I'll, I'll try to have next week something uh, slightly different version of this so that by the end of the class, we, will, we can all uh, give a pretty hearty amen as to this is what burnout is. But then secondly this morning, what is beating burnout? What, what does that actually mean? And it, uh, again, maybe this will help as we think about what burnout is. What I don't mean by beating it is that, you never, that you're never tired, right? How do you know you've beaten burnout? Because you never get tired again. Right? It's, uh, as humans created in, in this world, like that's not, that's not happening. You're going to get tired. Or it also doesn't mean that you have to stop doing a thing, right? doesn't mean that there aren't things in your life in the future that you have to say, hey, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. Or that you have to just say no to things, right? It doesn't mean that we become these, uh, uh, what is the, the, the energizer bunny, right? Where we just, we're always going and I found the secret formula, the secret sauce to help me never get tired. If burnout is the failure to meet the actual obligations God has given us in our lives, beating burnout is simply faithfully, though imperfectly, Fulfilling those obligations. Is that fair? So what does it mean to faithfully fulfill our obligations, even if imperfectly? Well, 
We probably can't define it to death at the very beginning. We'll have to work on it as we go. But can we agree that as we work on these things, we realize that, one, when it comes to faithfully fulfilling anything God's given us, it must begin, as Derek was talking about, with a perspective, right? A perspective of grace, right? Faithfully fulfilling my obligations, faithfully, faith, right? That I, I have to come to the things that God has given me, my obligations, my duties, my responsibilities in faith. This is not something that I'm doing in order to earn God's favor. This is not something that I'm doing to, to make myself worthy of the, 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 um, the love of God or his kingdom. But this is something that I do, one, already recognizing that it's being done, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of the faith. We saw from Hebrews 2 when we began the class, right? I run knowing that Christ has run the race and run it for me already. In a sense, in God's sight, right, I am, I came in first place. We're, we're all first place winners here because Jesus ran for us. And so now I can run. It's like family camp a couple of years ago. I like to use this illustration. We had a super awesome scavenger hunt that had been set up, and Jesse really wanted to do this uh, scavenger hunt, and I did not. Um, but I, because I, you know, such a good and loving husband, I agreed, yes, of course, oh, okay, fine, yeah, we'll go. So we set out, and I am not kidding you, um, for reasons that aren't important, we accidentally found the final, the winning clue, 10 minutes into the, the scavenger hunt. We went to the wrong building, basically, and, uh, and found it, and won. Now, uh, we didn't, being, you know, the pastor who had put on the, the whole thing, I didn't quite feel right winning the, winning the $200 book table uh, coupon or whatever, so we took a picture of it, we put it back, and, and then... In light of knowing I had already won. So when Nick drove by laughing at me, because he's like, I'm on number eight. Where are you? <laughs> Four? <laughs> I just said, that's right, bud. Keep going. Out of a sense of already having won, I was now motivated to do the whole thing. And we did. We spent the whole day doing it. It was a blast. And for me, it was a blast because I knew I'd already won. Now, uh, I told that story to Josh Austin, and he said, well, I would have quit instantly. Like, that would have ruined the whole thing for me. So I get, you know, depending on, you know, don't take the analogy too far, but it's the same, like, in the Christian life, you have already won. You already finished. But now you still have to finish. <laughs> so it, there's a... There's a bit of a, a, a tension there, but it's, it's important. You, you, you get the gold medal at the end. So make it to the end. We want to have hope for the future. We want to evaluate, right? So how do we get to the end? Well, we have hope that we will get there, but we need to evaluate. Where, what are the areas of weakness that we have? The various temptations that we face. And then what are the practical strategies that we need to build in our lives to finish well or, or more precisely to faithfully fulfill our various obligations, as imprecise as that might be? What are the obligations God, given, God has given to us?
And um, so why don't, why don't we do this? Why don't we, uh, Jess, let me, you got those papers for me? Thank you. Okay, so um, there's no, you know, the, the teacher in me refuses to die, I guess. Uh, but there's, there's, there's no grade for this, right? This, you know, you're not being graded on this. And in fact, um, you're not even really going to be asked to share, um, at least explicitly, how you answer these questions. So I've got, I've got this um, couple pages of, of questions, things that I want to I give to you to, to take home. If you end up losing paper, I'm sure I'll end up sending out in an email this week as well. Um, but you're, you're here, the privileged ones, and so you get uh, the hard copy. And um, what this is, it's a reality, reality checklist. So as we enter into this class, these are um, question, not really questions, but descriptions that cover various areas of your life. So... Um, and uh, you'll notice that the Bible says adapted from David Murray's book, uh, Reset. So David Murray uh, wrote a book uh, a few years ago called Reset. Uh, he and his wife, uh, Shona, wrote a book called Refresh. And it's a lot of the, at least the outline and backbone of this class it, uh, comes from those two books as they think about, uh, well, not, not, burning, not burning out. And so these questions, they come directly from the first or second chapter of the book. And... Um, and so they cover several areas of your life. So what are the physical warning lights that you might be heading to burnout? So some examples, right, would be you suffer basically one health issue after another. You feel exhausted and lethargic all the time. You find it difficult to sleep. You're putting on weight through lack of exercise, you're eating too much junk food, et cetera, et cetera, right? So there could be a number of explanations to why you might experience any of those things, but it could also be because of burnout. So Physical warning lights, mental warning lights, right? So concentration is becoming increasingly hard. Distraction is easy. Do you think obsessively about difficulties in your life? Do you forget things a lot? Do your, does your brain just feel tired? Uh, emotional warning lights, right? You always feel sad. It's been a long time since you've had a good laugh. You feel pessimistic and hopeless about marriage, children, church, job, or the nation. Uh, I love this. Or, or, I don't love it as an experience, but as a phrase, worry stalks your waking hours and anxiety climbs into bed with you every night, right? Uh, so physical warning lights, mental warning lights, emotional warning lights, relational warning lights, your marriage isn't what it used to be, uh, you spend limited time with your children, you avoid social occasions, you frequently lose your temper, vocational warning lights, you work more than 50 hours a week, you're regularly having work spill over into to weekends and time with, with your family or, or hobbies. You have little joy in your work. You find it difficult to say no. Moral warning lights, right? What are you viewing on your computer screen? What does your budget and tax returns look like? Um, do you shade the truth in conversations or exaggerating with others, editing what you say to keep it, you know, appropriate? Do you medicate yourself by overspending, overdrinking, overeating? And then spiritual warning lights. What are your, do your personal devotions, you know, are they decreasing as time goes on? Do you find yourself skipping church? Do listening to sermons send you to sleep? Hey, no. 
You know, after church, you don't hang around at all. You just you get in your car and boom, you, you get home. You base your acceptance by with your acceptance by God on your work, success, or or faithfulness. So, what I'm asking of you in this coming week is to uh, to take a look at these warning lights and to honestly evaluate them. Right. Circle, circle the ones that are true for you. And then perhaps talk about it with your spouse. And maybe one other person, right, from the church. And be honest about, hey, here are some, some danger signs that, that I face, right? And then when we come back together next week, uh, I don't expect anyone to share anything overly personal uh, in front of a, a whole big crowd, but perhaps at least we can talk together about what we thought of the exercise. Was it, was it helpful? Was it not? Uh, you know, do you, maybe you, you just really want to boast for a minute and say, well, not Sam, I didn't circle a single one of them. I must be doing great. Um, and then, you know, we'll kind of go from here. I really, I do hope that this becomes and, and is a, a practical uh, class for you. So, um, we will uh, do that. We'll talk about, I'll hand those out. Uh, I'm going to pray in a minute and um, get those to you guys. Uh, maybe it's just sort of a last, last thing just to frame up a little bit, again, where we're going and, and kind of maybe what, what next week will, will look like as well. So uh, one thing we didn't talk about today at all is uh, uh, digital technologies, right? That was a, a thing that we kind of made a big point in the, in the first class um, and we didn't say much about it today, but I, I do want to plan. I think we will probably start talking about them a little bit next week. But I, I think in at least, if not next week, then the several weeks after that, we're going to spend a few weeks just considering digital technologies and the effect that they, they have on us. And that will largely guide us in a discussion about the question, how did we get here? So, so far, last week and this week, and the, at least the, probably the first part of, of next week, we're sort of asking the question, like, where are we, right? How, how bad is it? Um, what's the danger? And then I want to do a little bit, a few weeks, on how did we get here? And uh, while I promise to do my best not to make the iPhone just the, the villain in the whole thing, uh, but I do think that it, it plays a big part in how we got here, and so um, where are we, how do we get here, and then from there that will set us up well to build, like I said last week, a positive theology of the body and the soul, Um, because in some ways this class is a, it's a doctrine of man class, right, it's who, who are we, Uh, where are we going, how do we get there, and so, in, in short, what we, what we need to do is to build a positive theology of the body and the soul to avoid a premature crash. Yeah, I, I think that we are, there, there are two truths that we have to, that we have to hold on to in, in a class like this. When we think about this, is that on, on the one hand, right, that you, you are, if you are in Christ, no more nor, nor less justified than you will be in 200 billion years from now, right? The 
blood of Christ has covered you, has redeemed you, has washed you, and you have been declared righteous forever and always in God's sight. That's really important and really great news. However, there is an effect that we have on others, that we leave on the world around us. There is a a sense of, of legacy that is important, right? One of the things that this, to me, this class is not even really fundamentally about making sure that each of us lives and dies well, but that we set up our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and those beyond them to do the same. Now, we can't control that. We don't ultimately have any say in whether that happens or not, but we can influence and affect how that goes, right? So if you think about all the cathedrals that got built, right, people who started those, right, knew they were not going to see it finished. They were going to die long before those things got built. It took hundreds of years to build. It's the same thing that's happening here. So I'm not just interested in what does Redeemer Baptist Church look like in 20 years. That's important. But what about in 200 years? We'll all be dead. But what we do now is at least going to have a, a, uh, a, an influence. It's going to set a trajectory that our children and grandchildren and, and others will have to choose whether they're going to, to walk in that or not. But what are we doing now in our lives that will hurt or hinder life here among the people of God in, in centuries? So um, let me pray, and then we can uh, we'll go to kids and back in here at 1030 for, for worship. Father, thanks for your word and, and for uh, this opportunity that we have to consider it and to consider our our lives and our obligations to consider our duties and our graces. What is it that uh, ultimately drives and motivates us and what sustains us and what keeps us? It is uh, the grace of God uh, to us in Jesus Christ. And so I pray that more than anything, you would help us to be grace-filled people, that we would be people of faith, um, but that that grace and that faith in our lives would would work out uh, in us um, and, and cause us to bear Uh, much fruit for your glory and for the good of others, and not just the good of others around us now, but the good of others in 50 years and 75 years and 275 years, a thousand years from now, if, Lord, you were to tarry. Um, And so we pray, God, that you would help us to run our races well, to to finish well, and and to to look to Jesus all the way, um, who Uh, endured the cross for us. And it's in his name that I pray. Amen.